State of the Nation is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Raiders ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. The Raiders are finally back in Oakland the next three weeks. They will be at the Coliseum for three games after all these five games away from home. More than 12 million fans have already downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets available across all major leagues and teams. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin and Ted Wynn back in the Bay Area, joined by Vic Tafer from Houston, Texas, where the Raiders lost today to the Houston Texans uh, 27-24. They fall to 3-4 and four on the season. They end this long five-game journey away from the Coliseum with a 2-3 and three record on the uh, on this road trip. And uh, they're finally going to get ready for a, a three-game homestand. But uh, if you look at this one, uh, an overall, not the, not the way they would have liked to have ended the road trip, but uh, a game that they, they definitely had chances to win. Yeah, I thought they should have won it. I think the, I think they made um, enough mistakes where they got in their own way. But I thought uh, they led what for what three and a half quarters. And I thought they had the game uh, under control at some points. Just couldn't close it out. And I thought the uh, Terrell Williams drops were killers. I thought Arden Key not wrapping up and bringing down Deshaun Watson on that last play was a killer. So just the things you gotta gotta do to win on the road, and they just they couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean the 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 Deshaun Watson the basically the game winning play. I mean. That's, I mean, that's a killer. I mean, you, yeah, we, we've had this kind of running joke about the Arden Key almost sacks. I mean, that was the classic epitome of an Arden Key almost sack. I mean, this was one where he had him. I mean, he had him in the grass. I mean, so much, he had him so much that he kicked him in the eye. He kicked the guy in the eye um, and couldn't bring him down. And Deshaun Watson, with one eye open, is able to throw the the game winning what ends up being the game winning touchdown pass. I mean, there's there's a degree there where you have to just tip your cap to how special of a player Deshaun Watson is, but uh, frustrating nonetheless that you uh, you just aren't able to make a play there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gruden called him you know another Michael Jordan comparison, and it was a special. I almost yelled out "Wow!" in the press box. It was an amazing play the way he got away from Key, and then you know Max Crosby trying to drag him down. He throws his fastball, which another thing is, I mean, to Brandon Fells, but Whitehead had pretty good coverage. It was an incredible play where Whitehead didn't even have a chance to knock the ball down. So, I mean, I thought just a bang bang play, and obviously that's why he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I mean, you know, Arden Key has he has a reputation for missing sacks and it was a, a huge opportunity for him to make a huge defensive stop there uh but watson he's been doing this to a lot of defenses so it's not just arden key uh he had a play that looked ex- almost exactly like this uh, a, a couple weeks ago um so yeah this credit goes to watson and you know he he said after the game that he he really didn't couldn't see and he just kind of knew that the tight end was going to be there just based on knowing uh knowing the play and 
um, knowing where his, his guys are supposed to be. So just credit to him, just a, a really amazing play. And uh, for Key, just another missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they're getting to watch Deshaun Watson play in person. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think he's a guy that we know is, is pretty special and, and has a chance to be really special. Uh, j- just seeing everything he's able to do, I mean, that play really epitomized it. But this guy is... Uh, um, he, he's going to make Chicago Bears fans uh, pretty upset that they have Mitchell Trubisky, I think, for the next uh, decade or so. Yeah, it was tough because the Raiders did a nice job, I thought, in the first half. They kind of contained them pretty good. They were only giving up 10 points in the first half. But I know it's tough when you go to halftime. Like, oh, man, I got a whole other half of this guy? And they just couldn't stop him. The rolls to the right, the you know, RPOs, just um, he's just too good as far as being a threat to run or to pass the last second, the last Pass to Fells the last drive was a great example of a guy who you think for finally you have figured out he's going to run this play. And he flicks it to Fells for that last first down and just a real tough guy to stop. And they got some pressure on him. They had three sacks, a couple of near misses, like you mentioned, but they just couldn't bring him down enough and couldn't stop him. Uh, they were having a lot of trouble uh, blocking from the right tackle position. Um, and, and when it was starting to get exacerbated, they started just rolling to the right and leaving the, the right end unblocked and they're running a lot of bootlegs and the Raiders just really couldn't adjust to it. They tried a couple things and they still couldn't stop the, the roll to the right. And then uh, Laramie Tunsil goes down and that's when, you know, he made, he made that amazing play getting away from Arden key. So it is really had no answers for uh, Watson, especially when he broke the pocket. Yeah. Vic, you talked about that, the rollout, the, the pass, uh, the fells that basically got that final first down that sealed it up. And uh, you could see kind of the, the reaction on the sideline was just this one of, of kind of this, hey, it was maybe incomplete, just kind of this hopefulness that, um, and then that kind of died quickly. I think they were hoping that there was maybe some kind of miracle that that was incomplete, but it, it, you could you could almost see through the TV screen this this resignation that, man, this guy is uh, is a load to deal with, but... Um, you know, I thought, I thought, I mean, outside of that, it was a fairly well-played game by the Raiders. I thought Derek Carr, I mean, he had that one, uh, that one throw to Waller that was nearly a pick six. That was pretty scary. But otherwise, I thought this was a really good game by Derek Carr. Uh, certainly was, was motivated and excited to come back to, uh, to Houston, a place that he spent quite a while, uh, during his childhood when his brother David was there. And, um, I thought, uh, I thought it was a good game by Derek Carr. Um, not enough for a win, but I thought he played well. Yeah, they mixed in Zay Jones well. I mean, he and Waller didn't have a great connection like they usually do. Waller, I think, only had two catches on eight targets. But um, And Derek did start off a little slow, but he got going, and sure enough, they had the Jacobs ran well at times. And again, I, I think they did enough, just like the penalties. They had 100 yards in penalties, and a lot of them were killers. That last one on incognito, the holding call, when they got the ball back, was a killer. And then I mentioned the drops. Just too many mistakes. You can't have those kind of drops and 100 yards and penalties and win on the road. I agree. I thought Carr played a good game, and um, though in that on that last drive when um, Tyrell Williams just couldn't come down with those those a couple passes were killer, and he mentioned the I think the Raiders what just had three possessions in the second half, um, so so when you're you know you you're limiting yourself to that little possessions you can't make mistakes, and um, those two drops by uh, Williams, I mean, those were tough catch, tough catches to make, but you have to make those in, in those situations. Yeah, I mean, Houston only had four in the second half. They scored in three of them, and they had the you know, victory uh, kneel down in the fourth. But they had that one 15-minute drive at the end of the third quarter, and they scored in the first play of the fourth quarter. But yeah, it was just a game of, of long possessions in the second half, and just um, 
the Raiders again. They you know they have these young players in defense, but they're not able to make plays to win games like 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 this. You know, we had talked a lot this week, just kind of uh, the idea of trading Gary on Conley to this team that you're uh, you're about to play and what that would be like. And we saw where the Raiders kind of took advantage of Gary on Conley's weaknesses. There was the, I think the 46 yard touchdown that went to Tyra Williams, a, a nicely drawn up play where uh, they, they really were able to just kind of, kind of just completely fool him and, uh, and get Tyra Williams wide open. Um, they were trying to attack him quite a bit on that, uh, on that final drive. And then yet Conley is, is there ends up on, on the, the play that really decides it uh, defensively for the Texans is, is able to do enough. Um, I know it seemed like there was some consideration of challenging for pass interference, but uh, I mean, we know how this works. That that wouldn't have uh, a challenge there wouldn't have done anything. Um, but Conley was able to to be there tight in coverage on that one play that, that really mattered the most and then kind of made a play that helped the Texans win. Yeah, he made one play like in the seven times he was targeted. And then he walked over to the sidelines. He kind of shrugged to the radio sidelines like, like, you know, showing his swag. But even on that play, though, he, I guess he made a nice play. But, again, the bulldoz in the last drive. Williams has to catch those balls. I mean, the first one hit him in the hands. The last one he had he had also coming down. He has to be stronger on the, the point of contact. But those are two catches you have to make. If you're number, especially if you're number one guy, if you're number one receiver, those are catches you have to make. Yeah, and I wonder if the Raiders could have waited a week to trade, it, to, to, I trade Gary and Conley because I, I know that, there were some plays that were made on him, but I wonder if you could make those same plays on, you know, an, another third, fourth string corner. Like it didn't have to be Garen Conley. And, you know, it, I wonder if they could have waited a week to make that trade. It just seemed, it's, it's just like weird timing to trade a corner to a, to a team that really needs a corner right before you play them. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're the Texans, you probably, it probably depends on, were there other teams that were after Conley? Because if you're the Texans, you say, all right, we'll give you a third rounder this week. If you wait till next week, it's a fourth rounder. Yeah, I think there's a definite need on Houston's part. I think that if they didn't get Conley Monday, they'd probably get somebody else, I think. They'd probably make another trade. And I think if the Raiders, they were trying to move him last year at times. I think they never was close to the value back that they wanted. So at this point, they said, you know what? A third round, that's great. We'll take a third rounder. I just think that they don't want to wait. I think they want to get it done with and, and, and move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're the Texans, then you're. I mean, you you're not just gonna sit around and wait. I mean, they, you know, without their two starters, uh, you know, I, I, what they had another guy get get injured in the game. I mean, they they were pretty desperate. So uh, it's 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 a thing of timing it. And like I, again, I I think the Raiders were kind of fine with trading him this week and being able to go against him. I mean, yes, he, you know, kind of made that play there at the end, but uh, they were. I don't think he was like a, a necessarily a net positive in this matchup. I think the Raiders found ways to exploit him, and um, I don't think they were too worried about going up and facing him, uh, even though he, you know, was the guy that had been on their team the last few years. No, I, I think that's a good point. That you know, if the if the Texans didn't didn't trade for Connolly, they probably would have found another trade partner for another corner because their corner situation was pretty. Pretty dire, and at at the end of the day, you know, if Tyrell Williams makes that catch, then the narrative on on the whole Conley against Raider thing totally changes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just this, this is what you know. The Raiders did end up finishing the trip on a decent note, uh, but um, just not making plays at the end, and just having the Texans with their injury problems and not taking advantage of that kind of stings. 
Yeah, it's a big game. If they won today, this game, they probably they're better. I mean, probably definitely they're in the wild card spot. I mean, both um, you know, Houston is in the AFC, and then the Colts had a close win today. So I just think that this game for for a team that wants to be in the playoff chase, this was a game they had to win. But they they feel like they've learned a lot a lot from this past five games. They have like three games at home coming up, so they feel they're still in the playoff chase. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Raiders, and I offer you three and four at the beginning of this whole stretch. I mean, I think as we talked about, we talked about this whole stretch a lot. Three and four is is about what we thought was was probably the best case scenario. So that's where they're at. Um, would they love to be four and three? Could they have been four and three? Absolutely. But I don't think they walk away from this. And I don't, you know, just listening to some of the guys talk after the game, I don't think anybody walks away from this saying, damn, we, you know, we, we blew it here. I mean, you're, you've got three games coming up at home. Uh, the Lions are, are a 500 team, three three and one. Um, the Chargers are a three and five team. The the Bengals are winless. Um, if you're the Raiders, you think that you can win all three and you can suddenly get yourself back into the mix at six and four. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely still a, a confidence about this team, especially on offense. They feel like they can definitely score on anybody. So I think that confidence has not gone away. I think there's still some you know some pain about this one, but. Uh, and again, the defense just doesn't have enough in terms of playmaking ability. So, I mean, they had some sacks today, but, I mean, it's hard to really have a lot of faith in this defense if you think you can make a playoff push. Yeah, and, and you, we got to look at the All-22 tape because we couldn't really see Trayvon Mullen from the um, the the TV angle, but it, it seemed like he, the the younger corners or newer corners played decent against, you know, especially against uh, DeAndre Hopkins and... Um, Kenny Stills didn't really make any many plays against the Raiders. Uh, but yeah, looking ahead for the, on the schedule, they have three games at home. Detroit is, I think, better than what their record shows. Uh, but it's a winnable game, and Kansas City is is the best team that they're going to see at, on, uh, for the rest of the season. So they do have a chance to finish the season on a pretty strong note. And one thing I thought was kind of killer today is uh, Carlos Hyde had some big runs against them, especially in in, in opportune times. Um, he was in that stiff arm. Uh, you know, he, he nineteen carries, eighty three yards against him. But uh, it seemed like when uh, when there were some moments that the the Texans really needed it, he he came up pretty big for them. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys that uh, you know we um, Arden Key was back today from his injury, and they kind of deactivated Corey Legion, who was supposed to be the big uh, the big run stopper up front, and so a guy who. I'm curious whether he falls now in the whole rotation because uh, PJ Hall is kind of up and down, and Mo Hurst will see he's up and down. So it's not really uh, a solid, you know, Hankins is having a good year, but I th- I'm surprised that Corey was deactivated. I thought he was the guy they looked at as being kind of a rock in that middle. They, they played pretty strong against the run throughout the day, though. Um, I thought for the most part, the run defense was pretty good. It's just, um, like you said, Hyde had a couple runs in crucial moments and even on those runs they they had him wrapped up it's just he broke a couple tackles i think one was on on morrow they they just couldn't wrap up hide and uh, on those crucial moments when they had to make a play yeah vic referenced uh darren waller's day uh he was targeted eight times only had two catches it was clear the texans were really intent on on staying close to him uh the fact that he had only two catches on eight targets is pretty notable because uh, going into this game, 
There had only been six times where he had been targeted and hadn't caught the ball. He had 44 catches on 50 targets entering the game. Uh, doubles that with uh, with the six targets that he didn't catch this week. Uh, it, it's pretty clear. I mean, it's it's would seem pretty obvious for teams that that's going to start being a focus, especially after he had the breakout game against the Packers with two touchdowns. Uh, he's obviously had some big games, but hadn't gotten the end zone until last week. Does get a touchdown this week, but um, you could tell the Texans were really uh, intent on making sure that he didn't beat them. Yeah, I'm trying to think of those six. I know Derek missed some high in a couple. I know I think Waller could have caught one. And there was that one play early on where Conley looked like he uh, got there early. Didn't really matter because they wound up scoring on the drive. But I think... Um, yeah, Waller's a big weapon. I just think that, uh, you know, again, their offense with Jacobs ran the ball. didn't have a lot of carries. Jacobs had 15 carries today for 66 yards, but their offense has enough. They have their – I think the, the one of the biggest things they got from this road trip was it kind of like we've talked about before, their identity. They kind of – they've learned that they're a smash-mouth team that can throw the ball at tight ends, start to get Tyrell Williams back and give them a little more deep threat. So I think their offense is, uh, is in good shape as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and and one of the times they they matched they motioned Waller out, and he was matched up against Zach Cunningham, who's not that great in coverage, and uh, they tried to throw him a slant, and I, I think you know it was the ball was a little underthrown. Cunningham did have uh, decent coverage on the play, uh, and they had that pick play that you know ended up getting uh, Renfro getting up called um, offensive pass interference on, uh, but they do have to find more ways to try to open up. Waller because teams will start making him the focal point of their defensive game plan and just trying to completely eradicate him in any way they can. So, um, yeah, they they have to figure out ways to play off of that and and, uh, take advantage of all the coverage that Waller will get or find ways to get him open even despite the double coverage. And what do you think of uh, of that challenge? It it's Gruden is gonna like it. It seems like he's intent on when he just doesn't like a call, he's gonna challenge it. But I mean, it's, it's I, those calls aren't getting overturned, and um, I mean that one. I think it probably was correctly called, uh, and probably another bad challenge by Gruden. I mean, I mean, I'm not criticize Gruden. I think he's had a good year coaching, but um, he he's not exactly uh, been great with the challenges. Well, he gets emotional, man. I think he's just and he, <laughs> and he he admits that he can't. Sometimes he can't help himself. He gets fired up, and that was a big play. I mean, I just think he like you know what the hell. I'm kind of. So there's a flag out there. I was going to mention, we should probably mention at some point here, Rodney Hudson. You keep talking about how their offense looks great, but um, Rodney obviously left the game with an ankle injury, and we don't have an update, but John did say that he's concerned. So I think that um, it may be a little bit, of a, hopefully he's okay, but I'm not sure who we can pencil him in for next week at all. And obviously the other end of the field, J.J. Watt, he's out for the year after um, tearing his pecs. So it was kind of a brutal game for both, you know, both teams lost two of their best players. Yeah, but um, his replacement, I believe his name is Andre James, Andre right? James. Yeah, Andre yeah. James. He, you know, it, it's hard to tell when you, you know, you don't look at the coach's angle how the center did, but for the most part, it didn't seem like we called out or the announcers called out his name much, like he wasn't missing blocks. Maybe he wasn't dominating as as much as uh, Rodney Hudson uh would would dominate and it it kind of stinks you know if you're a Raider fan because you want to see this offensive line intact but you only got eight eight offensive snaps of the full offensive line before Rodney Hudson went out but uh, the things that Hudson does that's not on the stat sheet or you wouldn't see is you know he's a big part of calling the protection plan calling out blitzes helping Carr out in that 
regard, but it didn't seem like Carr was really heavily pressured. Um, but it, it's hard to measure the, t- the type of impact that Hudson does have on, on a game. Where where I would be more concerned is looking ahead. As you go into next week, Matt Patricia and the Lions coming into town. You know, if you're the Texans, you Hudson goes out. You know, you kind of already have your defensive game plan. You maybe aren't going to change up too much, and you just kind of kind of go with what you have and and you know adjust if you need it. But if you're the Lions next week and you have a feeling that you're not going to be facing Rodney Hudson, you're going to be going up against an undrafted rookie and Andre James. That's when you can probably start getting a little more creative. You can disguise your blitzes more. You can, you know, just just do a lot more that you think can probably mess with an undrafted rookie. I know Carr was complimentary after the game that he didn't ever have to override any of the protection calls made by James. But um, with a, with a week to prepare, uh, you know, yes, Andre will likely have a week to prepare for playing in that game. But uh, if you're the Lions, you're probably. Uh, you know, uh, foaming at the mouth there with uh, with a week to try to prepare to, to face an undrafted rookie at center. Yeah, and we gave uh, Tom Kiel some props last week, but also some more props as far as James goes. I mean, James was a tackle at UCLA, worked hard with, with Tom and you know, Camp and before that, uh, be, being coming a center and learned all the calls and did a good job. He's definitely lost a little bit of weight, but um, he fit that role. But uh, I think, again, Tom Kibble's done a nice job with his line and just getting guys ready to, to jump in whenever the need occurs. Yeah, and that's a good point with the lines. It's going to be because, you know, Patricia and um, he does all that stuff that the Patriots does with all the stunts and blitzes and line games. So that's going to be a pretty tough opponent for an undrafted uh, rookie center to prepare against, you know, especially with the protection issues. So, um, you know, next week might be the week where James, if he has to play for an extended amount of time, uh, next week might be one of the, the biggest challenges for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, we talked a little bit about the, the challenge of the offensive pass interference. You know, one guy I wanted to get your guys' take on is there was a, a third down play the Texans had where, to me, just, you know, that never really saw a replay of it. It just kind of went boom on to the next play. But it looked to me like, uh, like Carl Joseph and Tierra Whitehead uh, kind of combined to, to stop him. Yeah, to me, it looked like it was a half yard short of the, the first down. I was expecting Gruden to throw the challenge flag there just because it was such a crucial play. Could have set up a fourth down. Uh, did you guys have any have any sense on that play, That if it looked like something that you would have considered uh, slowing down and trying to challenge? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was definitely challengeable. But I think maybe that goes back to when you lose your first challenge, maybe a little gun-shy about throwing a flag out there again. So I just think that uh, – I think he probably thought about it and figured uh, it wasn't worth it. But, yeah, I thought it definitely was uh, – it was a questionable spot. Yeah, it, it was definitely challengeable. I don't know if there was enough evidence to um, overturn that call. Um, but, you know, in, in that spot where you do need your timeouts because uh, the Texans were going to run out the clock, uh, you know, I kind of understand why he was a little uh, little challenge flag fly, uh, shy about it. But he, um, I think the Texans also did a good job of hurrying up and uh, getting the next snap off before the uh, the coaches in the booth got a real good look at it too. Yeah, because I mean, we never on on the broadcast saw a replay. I did. I know they shot to to Gruden on the sideline, kind of right after, and kind of seemed like he put like a pause sign up. Like he, I think he kind of wanted to see it, was kind of waiting. And yeah, I mean, if it that's that's where like there's so much technology out there, but I don't know what kind of access those guys up top if they have. You know, I know in in baseball, like they they have their replay guys sitting in the uh, in the clubhouse that kind of can quickly access replays. I don't I don't know what. 
that they have much uh, upstairs other than you know what what replays are shown on the TV, and so uh, that one. Uh, but again, I mean, we talk about Gruden getting emotional with the challenges, and uh, that's where sometimes if you can just be more level headed with your challenges, um, they might have. It, it definitely seemed like it was at least worth a shot, more worth a shot than than the pass interference ones, because those just aren't happening. I agree. I just think that um, once you throw that first one, I'm sure it's harder to throw the second one. All right. Well, uh, you know, we talked about Carr's impressive day, and I, I did want to, you know, kind of zero in and, and before we wrap up, mention the, the touchdown to Tyrell Williams because I thought that was uh, a pretty notable play for him because it was, uh, yeah, it was a play design that was going to take a little while to, to to happen. You know, as you saw, it, you know, it looked like he was going to kind of run, run a, you know, run a crossing route, and then he he shoots up. And it was, you know, there was some some fairly quick pressure on him, and but he showed showed the ability we've been wanting to see out of him, right? Where he's able to, you know, scramble away and keep the eyes downfield and, and make for a big play. I know he he joked after the game that he was you know fired up about being able to scramble and and make a big play and kind of match Deshaun Watson uh, at least on that play. But um, that's. That's the kind of stuff that we'd like to see more out of Carr, and I thought that was pretty encouraging to, to see him at least deliver that one time. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't sacked. He does a nice job of dealing with the pressure when there is pressure. And look at his final line, 18 of 30, 285, three touchdowns and no picks. That's a winning line. I mean, that should, that should get you a W. That's why I think it's another reason why it's kind of frustrating. He lost his game for Raider fans. I think that uh, they had enough to win. They just made too many mistakes. Yeah, and this you know his ability to play under pressure just slowly progressed last season when he was you know seemed like he was under pressure almost every snap, and even this season he has been making those plays under pressure. Uh, you know he's not out there making plays like Mahomes making huge plays, but he has been making good plays uh, when he has been under pressure, and it, it's starting to show up more and more. Um, and credit to him that you know that was a great play to Tyrell Williams, but it's, it's never going to be a strong point in his game. But if he could at least be good in that area, um, then obviously it would be really good for this offense. And you know the last contention point you have with Carr is obviously uh, you want him to take more shots and be a little more aggressive. Uh, but you know, like I said bef- before the pod, I, I really feel like he's back to his 2016 level. Uh, but he just doesn't have the outside receiver talent to kind of show it. And I, I thought today he played a great game. And, you know, unfortunately, Tyrell Williams just couldn't come down with those catches at the, the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, the, the 2016 car, the 2016 team in general, they they go on a touchdown drive there at the end. And they, they probably win this game. Um, but, you know, still a big difference between this team and that team was that that defense wasn't good wouldn't what you call a good defense but they at least were opportunistic with being able to force some turnovers and um this team just not able to force those turnovers they had a chance uh, crosby forced a fumble against carlos hyde and uh you know he kind of i think what it was was it eric harris or carl joseph one of those guys had a, had a shot at and crosby kind of had a shot himself and um I know he got up after and was. You could tell he was really mad that he hadn't. Crosby was mad that he hadn't been able to grab it because that was a play that. Those are the kind of plays that when your defense isn't isn't that good, doesn't have a the enough playmakers to really win games. Finding ways to to make those breaks for you and uh, and force those turnovers is what can make the difference. Yeah, they, they needed a big play. Even if you go back to the start of the third quarter when Houston went for it on fourth and one at their own was a thirty four yard line. I mean, you make a stop there, I mean, it really changes the whole ballgame. So just they need plays. They need guys to make plays. And 
I mean, ideally, I think John Gruden's hoping that with the younger guys' maturation, that'll happen, but we'll have to wait and see. Or if Trayvon Mullen holds on, remember, he had that yeah, chance for a pick six? Yeah, pick that's six. That's probably his pick out. six, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I guess growing pains, I think that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping that these are just growing pains and they'll get better and they'll win some of these games uh, the rest of the way. And But it's one thing I was just so kind of uh, dumbfounded by was how unprepared they were for um, the Deshaun Watson boot boot play. You know, it, it's something that the Texans do a lot. And as soon as they started running it at, at a heavy volume, it just didn't seem like the Raiders had an answer for such a, a simple play. Like, you know, Watson would get out of the pocket and then you have two guys coming from the secondary to try to tackle them instead of just one guy coming from the secondary. And that would leave a receiver open. And um, yeah, it's, it's not that hard of a play to defend and prepare for. So I was just surprised that they couldn't do it. But I mean, is that is that being unprepared or is that just a talent thing? I mean, did, is that a personnel thing? I mean, this is not a, a defense that just has guys that are, are really good at, at that kind of stuff, at being able to chase down the quarterback and being able to stay with guys. I mean, I think to me, that's, that's largely a thing that you've, you've got to add more talent. And, uh, you know, I know fans are probably killing Paul Gunther right now. They think it's all his fault, but I just still don't see a defense that has enough talent for um, them to be able to concoct a game plan to beat a really good quarterback. At least not for a whole game. I, I, again, I think the first half, they did a good job of containing him. They had a nice job on his nice calls and nice stunts. But Arden Key had some nice pressure in one stunt that led to a sack. So I thought they did some nice things in the first half, but it's tough. I mean, he's so good that uh, to slow him down for a half is one thing, but to slow him down for a whole game, obviously, it was too much. They, they couldn't they couldn't do it. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll let Vic uh, get ready to head home from Houston. We will Yeehaw. get ready for finally a game at the Coliseum. We are going to be back in the uh, wow. old beauty on Sunday. I, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I miss the smell. Do you miss the smell of the Coliseum, Vic? I do. I miss everything. I miss the, I miss the rats. I miss the... I miss the sewage issues. I miss everything with the Coliseum. I love that place. All right. We will uh, see you later this week, and we will talk to you guys again uh, on next episode of State of the Nation. Adios. For more exclusive Raiders content, including player interviews, go to theathletic.com slash stateofthenation for a free seven-day trial and 40% off a subscription.